Okay, welcome back to another episode of Last Call Games. I tried to record this earlier and then it didn't work. So today we're going to play Forest Warrior, which is a uh, wave, kind of like a wave-based zombie destruction game. You'll you'll understand it once I once I play it. Obviously, not sure what these windows are. So yeah, that's that's what we're gonna play today, and we'll talk about uh, seven 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 times. First off, um, Microsoft recently announced. Love that effect when you uh, turn the volume down a bit. Because actually, the reason that my uh, reason I had an issue was the first recording was that uh, was that my uh, my microphone wasn't picking up at all. It was just like pretty quiet. So okay, first up. Microsoft is officially opening up um, Xbox Ones to be used as development kits. Retail Xbox Ones. Like the one you can get for, what's it now, like $300 or something? $350. The one you can get at GameStop, Target, Best Buy, wherever you feel like going for buying a video game system. You can use that one and use it as a development kit. Which means that you don't have to spend seven, eight, a couple thousand dollars or whatever on an actual development kit that companies like, say, Midway or like EA and whoever you, whoever else uses. This is going to be really great for all the smaller independent developers that make games like the one we're playing today, as a matter of fact for they usually make them for steam because on steam you don't really need development kits so you don't need stuff like licensing costs it's a lot cheaper fuck it's a lot cheaper to make a game on pc as opposed to uh consoles hopefully that can change with this thing with this new new initiative, program, whatever you want to call it. Now, I remember Microsoft had talked about this, I think when they, like right around when they launched the system, and now they're finally following through on it, after like two, two and a half years. I think they were, t they almost talked about it with like the Xbox 360, that you can use that with like a they I think it was like called a DNA platform. But now people are actually able to make the to make games easily and cheaply. I think it's gonna be really great and I think it's gonna be good for Microsoft too so that they can improve their standing because remember, they're they're pretty far behind the behind Sony in terms of sales. Ooh. 
So. Yeah, I really, I really do think this is going to be beneficial for everyone involved. That's, that's pretty much all I have to say about that specific one. Hopefully soon I'll become a, I'll become a small-time game developer, and that will make it even more, even more beneficial. Good, good news, but... Uh, next up, uh, Square Phoenix... Whatever they're called. I think it's just Square Enix. I don't think they've got assumed by anyone else. Uh, they did a big Final Fantasy VII announcement trailer. They announced the day that it's coming out. And apparently they're going to have a special game or a special uh, mobile game included. And stuff all, and all fantastical stuff like that. And. You know, like, 10 or, 10 or 12 years ago, Final Fantasy games seemed to be, like, you know, the biggest thing, and it was always like, oh, new Final Fantasy games coming out, man, everybody's gotta be on board, because, you know, Final Fantasy train's coming, and you gotta stay, you gotta, you gotta follow it, but now it just seems like... Maybe it's because the last few Final Fantasy games have been either online-only games or have just been not really that great, but I just haven't been really excited for it since, like, 10. I mean, 11 was an online-only MMO, like, World of War, or, like, actually, it was more like, like EverQuest, I would say, because it was actually, like, I came out, like, and then 12 was okay 13 was 13 was so massive that it was not really it just had really had a lot of issues and then 14 was also another online only MMO because that was so popular the first time Yeah, I'm, I'm not really super excited for, damn it, this husky is useless. I'm not really, I just haven't been really excited for a Final Fantasy game in a long time, and this one's not really going to do much to change that, at least right now. I died. So, that's just not fun, really, whatsoever. I'll try the hawk, because the husky's kind of useless. Okay, next up, something that I've been talking about for a long time, and it's recently become more, re basically relevant. These a lot of these new newer online MMO-ish type games, online only games that you have to play with, you have to be playing with a bunch of other people, and if there's nobody else is online, you're kind of 
you have nothing to do. It's not really a problem with these with the games I'm talking about right now, but basically with okay with the division right now. Ever since uh, one of the updates, there's been this glitch where if you have like a special, uh, like a special backpack or whatever, you can you will like start losing items and then the game will eventually just like not at, or work at all. If you uh, if you have the special backpack or whatever. Um, the little problem with that is that, so, Ubisoft announced that they're aware of the problem and they're working on it and it's the highest priority. And I think they announced that, they said that, they made that statement like Wednesday. Thursday they made, they roll out a patch. But the patch isn't fixing the backpack bug. It has nothing to do with that. The most important thing that the, that the patch is fixing is there was an exploit that allowed players to farm bosses for money or weapons or whatever it was that they used to, that they farm bosses for. And that's something that has I've noticed with a few of these online type games is that is that a lot of times they will focus on keeping players from being able to not do the specific thing they want them to do instead of fixing actual problems with the game. I saw that it was. I think it was worse. Worse with Destiny. When Destiny was like vanilla Destiny came out, there was the loot cave where players could go and then find all the extra, all the loot, and easily just easily pick off enemies because enemies would respawn there. So they spent. So Bungie went out and only like within a few days came out with a patch that like limited the number of respawns and lessened the amount of items or the, the quality of items that they were giving you. So they spend all their time focusing on that, but Destiny, Vanilla, Vanilla Destiny had, like, no content. And The Division right now, I mean, I, I don't know how, how bad the content is. I haven't played it. I did play Vanilla Destiny. I rented it. But I haven't, I haven't really felt a, a desire to play The Division at all, just because... But Vanilla Destiny had a, such a dearth of content that most players were getting completely bored by it within a few hours, and they were playing. They were 
taken to like dancing around with emotes because that was pretty much the only thing you could do or you could try and do the like the top boss kind of like kind of like when you're you're playing pokemon and um after you beat the elite four in like the first couple games there's really nothing for you to do it was kind of like that except Bungie and Activision had a vested interest in keeping you playing so they can get more microtransactions or or because, you know, if you stop playing, you're probably not going to buy the, the expansion that they want you to come buy six months down the line. But still, instead of, instead of creating any new content, they spend all their time working on making sure people can't farm for, for items or money or whatever, or currency or whatever. Which is just so backwards but it's also like the way that people that companies do the game do games nowadays instead of making the best experience for the customer they make the best experience for the shareholders and oh oh 500,000 people bought the game and then 250,000 of them bought the expansion pack that came out a week later and 250,000 of those people have been purchasing DLC, so it, we're making $150,000 or whatever. Stupid numbers. I should not be made not make. I should not make numbers. Bad decision. And it's just not. It's. Don't like it as a as a an idea and as a manner of going through with your and working with working your company in. Because frankly put, focusing on people who aren't the ones buying the games is not going to work on for them in the long run. I don't know why it has worked so far, but it will not. Ugh, damn it. Okay, enough of me being angry at things. On to something else I can, I can be... Uh, now instead of being angry, I can be sad. Um, 15 years ago on... I think it was yesterday on the 31st. Sega killed the Dreamcast. <clears throat> officially, officially announced that they were going to stop making game making systems and slowly stop making games for it. And that's a really bad. Th that was I. That was I didn't like it. Obviously, I was sad because I was always a Sega kid. But looking back at it now, I know that the Dreamcast was bound to fail. Let me let me explain why. The Dreamcast was a fantastic system with a lot of fantastic video games. That's that's something you can't argue. Unless you're a terrible person. But in 1998 and 99 Sega really could not afford to make a video game system. 
since the, the expansions to the Sega Genesis, they had have been hemorrhaging money, and as such, and and not only they've been hemorrhaging money, they'd also been facilitating distrust with their their partners and the, and their customers. A lot of customers were like, "Why am I? Why should I get a a Sega Saturn if you're gonna probably gonna make something new for it, new in six months or whatever?" Because I bought a 32X and now it's completely useless because you made like 15 games for it, or like 32 or whatever. So and then then other company then other companies were like, "Why should I make? Why should I spend time and energy making?" A Sega Dreamcast game when I could make a, play a PlayStation 1 game for less money for a larger audience, and I'm pretty sure that, so that Sony will still be making video games in 5-6 years, which was true. Same with our Nintendo 64 game, it's not just a Sony thing. And I can't really argue with them, because... You know, Sega had a lot of issues that were endemic to the, damn it, to the company, and that weren't things that people could just easily go around and fix. You know, it, it says like, oh, the bird or the heart, the, the, um, it's like, oh, the bird or the whatever the other thing is will protect you from from birds for X amount of time, and it really doesn't, honestly. So the bird or the wolf, the wolf's the other one. Yeah, I really don't. I'm. I don't know. This game's not terrible, but I don't love it. But I just, I was on Steam Roulette, and that was the reason that I started playing this game, was because Steam Roulette was like, hey, you should play that game. And I really, I have like almost 800 Steam games right now, and I have played like 40. I need to stop buying uh, like Steam sales, or not Steam sales, but like, you know, mostly like um, Humble Bundles and stuff like that. What the hell? It's a cutscene? And I'm dead. That was fantastic. Okay. Joy. Okay. Three more things, and then we're done with this video. Yes, the bird is slightly more useful. Um, this week was a, was strange in that there were two, and one of them, this is actually Dreamcast related, there were two different Sega related Flappy, Flappy Bird clones. The first one was someone made a made a version of Flappy Bird for the um, 
Dreamcast's VMU unit, which is fantastic and incredible. I haven't been able to play it yet because it only will work if the only way you can put it on a VMU is through a, an SD card loader, which I don't have. But it's just, it really does show that there's a really big community that's still interested in the Dreamcast. Even 15 years after Sega, Sega pretty much officially canned it. And yeah, that's really great. And I've been, we've been, I've been talking about making a new Dreamcast magazine. And a few people on the Dreamcast talk forum have been, have seemed interested in it. So I, we may think about maybe going forward through with that. Mostly, it's probably in the summer because. It's gonna take a while for making a, uh, a zine or magazine or whatever, but we'll definitely keep your eyes your eyes peeled for that because we will keep you informed. And the second Sega Flappy Bird news, which is some two words I never thought I would say, two things I would never thought I would say together. Um. Say, uh, for, um, <coughs> shit, for, um, for April Fool's Day today, because April Fool's Day is today, if you live in anywhere that does April Fool's Day, it's not, it doesn't really seem to be, like, a specific thing in, like, a specific country or whatever, but, um, Sega made a, a, April Fool's Day Big the Cat adventure game where you play as Big the Cat and you're trying to find Froggy because that's what, what Big the Cat is always trying to do. The combat pistol is nice because it has more range but it has much less power. But in the the Sonic or the the Big the Cat game, one of the mini games that's inside of it is you have to play a Flappy Bird clone where you play as Big the Cat. Damn it, fucking birds! And I never thought I would be playing a Flappy Bird clone where you play as Big the Cat in space. But stranger things have apparently have happened. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for like news, news type things. Good time to to die. Um, just a couple more things to talk about before I uh, end podcast you may notice uh if you follow me on social media and stuff i was actually out of town this week uh, i just got in last night i was back in chicago visiting family and stuff ah, got the thing. Um, so that was nice and it was nice to be back in chicago because i haven't been to chicago since we moved in 
November. And in one of the things I did while I was in Chicago is I went thrifting to various thrift stores and game stores that I'd gone to when I was living there. And every now and then, especially after I get a, um, after I get a huge, really, like, a really awesome game or find from a thrift store, I will, people will ask, like, how do you do, how do you find all these awesome things at thrift stores? And there's really one simple thing that you have that, to do for it. You have to be exceedingly persistent. Ugh, that was terrible. I mean, nine, uh, at least half the times that I go to a video game store, I will come out with nothing. Or I go to a thrift store, I say. I usually will find something in a video game store. I will, I will leave, the, leave the place with absolutely nothing because I didn't see anything, or I didn't, either they didn't have any video games at all, or they didn't really have anything that looked interesting, or... I went to one when I was in when I was in Chicago. I went to one thrift store. They had three different video game systems: a Xbox, a PS2, and a PS1. And it's like I have two Xboxes. I don't really need a third one at the moment. I have more than a few PS1s. And the PS2, I I wanted a, P, a fat PS2, but it was like caked in crap. So I was like, eh, is there a good way to know this is even going to work? Because it didn't have a power, a power adapter either, obviously. And it's like, do I really want to buy a system that might not work and that I really can't be able to test for the better part of a week? Not really. So I did, so I left it there. Someone, someone else may have, may have picked it up, but it's like eight bucks. And hey, if it works for them, hey, good for them. If it had comes with an interesting game inside of it, good for them. I got a copy of a uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront from from the in that was inside of a uh, uh, ah, that was inside of a PS2. Damn it! And again. So yeah, if and. I don't, I don't do, like, videos of when I go thrifting because I don't do videos outside mostly. Mainly just because I don't want to get thrown out of the place because I was, uh, just because I was buying something or because I was videotaping something. So, but there's a few people, like, if you are interested in seeing how it works for people who do thrifting. I mean, thrifting isn't rocket science. Thrifting isn't rocket science, so it's not super difficult to figure out. Um, I would really suggest uh, someone that is pretty popular, actually, YouTuber called Lazy Game Reviews. Um, he, he does a series called LGR Thrifts where he will show you himself going to eight different Goodwills and coming back with six games or something. 
and I mean, it, you can't show because it looks for him. I would, I would guess that it probably takes that probably takes him the entirety of a day, whereas mine usually only takes a few hours because I pick places that are really close to each other, and because I'm a lot I live in a major city and I'm in a major city. But like, I spent pretty much all day Monday going to various stores and stuff. And I actually next time I die, I will literally list off every single video game that I got. It it there was nothing really super interesting because I'm not gonna lie to you, a lot of times a, if a thrift store has any video games, it's like NBA two NBA like. 2K6 on on the Xbox or something or not. It's like some sports game. Maybe you know there might be a Guitar Hero for the PS2. I mean, at the various thrift stores I've been to, I cannot remember the last time I actually bought a video game from or a Dreamcast game from there. The only one I can remember relatively recently was a when I went to Toledo last year. So, okay, now I'm going to list off the games that I got. I was going to show a picture, but the video software I'm using right now doesn't really show pictures that well. I got a CD-ROM Fun Pack. I posted this all in an Instagram picture. CD-ROM Fun Pack for Windows, which has seven um, basically knockoff games. I think I'd actually seen a copy of this before, but I never bought it. Clue. Which I'd wanted, but for some reason never bought. Maybe I actually, maybe I do have a copy of it because I don't keep as good of track of my uh, PC games. I'm just looking to see if I have a copy of it. I don't see one, but it, I may have one. Battle Chess for the 3DO. This I, this and the NFL Blitz 2000 manual I actually got at a video game store. People play games, which is a really great video game store if you're ever in Chicago. Santa Saves Christmas on a three and a half floppy drive. Windows 3.1 and a sound card are optional to play the game. Uh, the Welcome to PlayStation 3 Blu-ray. Um, I bought my PS3 brand new, but I bought the PS3 Slim, and this appears to have come with like the, the launch ones. And then I got Sim Farm, which I actually just recently found out was a an was a the. It has like the manual, but it doesn't have the actual game on a disc. So I have to find a. Uh, so I have to find the three and a half floppy disks version of that to make it complete. I mean, that was an entire day's worth of thrifting, and it was probably about like twenty bucks tops, or maybe a little more. But that was an entire day's worth, and none of those are really fantastic things. So I mean that's what that's what you you have to deal with and a lot of times if you are going to go thrifting you're going to have to deal with the fact that you're going to spend a lot of time and not find anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it for for thrifting and since I just died for this episode of last of for this let's cast 
I want to thank you very much. And next week, where I'm not actually doing a video this time, I'm going to be doing a, or I'm not going to be doing a review video. I'm going to do a video about, um, since I was recently out of town, I'm going to do a video about which systems it is are the best to bring with you when you travel. That, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be kind of interesting, I, I hope. And we'll see you next time on Last Call Games.